Too Many Comics, episode 213, your regularly scheduled favorite comic book uh, podcast. I mean, this is big for us that we've been able to do this a week apart. Like like when I see the post dates of our show these days, I'm like, damn, we are the worst. And I don't know how that's affecting our listenership or even by, by way of people being like, hello, on their own time. Well, but I, I just, I, I feel for our deadbeatness. We've gotten uh, plenty of people that have reached out to us. We have? If I had cricket sound effects, you would have heard them yeah. just there. Uh, okay, so the answer is no. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, I, I'm sorry, I thought somebody cared. I'm sorry. Uh, either way. Um, and report, Loki Disney series introduces Kang the Conqueror to the MCU. I'm down for it. Uh, so this is according to the Illuminati. He's the time traveling villains rumored to appear in Disney Plus upcoming series Loki. Series is expected to deal with time travel and introduce the time variance authority, an organization that Kang was a member of in the comics. I mean, so I I, I forget. There's something about Kang the Conqueror that he's like descended from a. He's from the future, or he's got timeliness. We've already know this, but like, there's some. Either he's somebody in the future, or he's descended of somebody. From now, like the Red Skull, I, I, I'm botching this, and I'm sorry, people, because he's a very complicated character. I got a whole lot of him when I was reading uh, Uncanny Avengers, because Rick Remitter is really bad about, or really good about, whatever, having a very, like, very, like, long story arcs where if you don't pay attention, you're going to miss a lot of, like, Easter eggy type stuff. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, my takeaway was interesting character, very complex. So. I'll be curious to see how, like, you know, because if you look at this picture you put in the, the things, mm-hmm. that's not that, that's that's not going to work in a in a live action TV series. So how do we, how are we going to do this? Yeah, well, I'm interested in finding out. I I know probably very little, uh, even less so. so I don't even try to explain it, but I just think it's cool that you know. Still, we need to see one of these shows to make sure they're good. But it is cool how these open up the opportunity to introduce all these other characters. Uh, much more quickly than it would take to like to only do a few movies per year. Okay, uh, I, so it's exciting. I, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. And this this is Disney Plus related. Now we both got onto this because of the promise of tomorrow, right? Okay, so of course. I don't. I'm not sure if you did. I definitely watched The Mandalorian because I'm not made of wood. But these other offerings, things like um, the Loki show, WandaVision, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I feel like that the initial bump of my like loving all these old titles that I that I was into as a child are there. I've watched the movie Willow twice. <laughs> I love that. I love that movie. Have you ever seen it, Willow? Nope. Oh my god, you got it's so good. The special effects are dodgy, especially on a good TV. But I mean, great movie. I kind of feel like okay, I'm, I'm ready for these other titles. And every so often, I'm on different websites where I'm getting remarketed. Uh, for Disney Plus, and I want to be like, I'm already a subscriber. You, you needn't waste your impressions on me. And I keep seeing one for WandaVision where it's showing the the reel of its her different outfits, and for a glimpse we get her in the comic book mm-hmm. accurate version. I'm like, when Hurry. can we do? Let's do. Why this? did you not have one of these shows ready for the launch? I think like, that's a good question. Well, not that I mean, it's hurting, not that it's hurting them because they've got tons of subscribers. But like that would have been like all we got really. Uh, other than like the Mandalorian, what are their original things that they doing like, right now? Yeah, Jeff Goldblum show. Not into it. Uh, the new Lady in the Tramp movie. It was only straight to Disney Plus, I think. Nobody cares, and also I, I don't care about any of the National Geographic 
stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't care. I mean, I have an iced TV too. I don't care how pristine the the blades of grass look. Sorry. If I wanted to see it, I'd go visit it in person. Yeah, going outside, weird. <laughs> Uh, the Batman, Ben Affleck explains why he left the DCEU. So this is an interview with New York Times. He described how his troubles with alcohol, his divorce from Jennifer Garner, and the negative response to Justice League prompted him to abandon the role. He said, I showed someone the Batman script. They said, I think the script is good. I also think you'll drink yourself to death if you go through what you just went through again. That's really fucking sad. And I got to say, man, I I went down a, a rabbit hole on this one. And I, I didn't realize that... I guess last year, and maybe this is my ignorance, there was some um, footage of him with with paparazzi where he was clearly a little fucked up. And it's something that his children can see. He's a little uh, incoherent. I think it's brave, A, to put your your issues out to the street because it also holds you accountable for sticking to the script. And also, like, you know, you're turning down an opportunity to make millions more dollars about this stuff. But, like, it's a responsible choice, and I guess the the other the other fallout or not fallout, but like his outcome would be, which is the opposite of a fallout, <laughs> is you know bringing in Robert Pattinson means they've just rebooted the whole thing. They're not going to bother yeah. with what we you and I would consider to be failures too strong, but not a successful run really mm-hmm. uh, as Batman. I can tell you this though. Um, a friend of mine who I went to school with who lives here now. Ran into Ben Affleck yesterday on the sidewalk. So that's just a thing I want to put out there. Did they chat or what? No, you got to decide, man, sometimes when you run into people who are famous, especially up here or, or anywhere, because there's, there's the the per capita famous person to non-famous person is pretty pretty solid. You run into somebody, somebody who's like about to break through or is indeed quite famous and lives in a place way nicer than you. Do you say like, Hello? Do you say, like, I'm a fan of your work? Do you wave? Or do you just be like, I saw Ben Affleck on the sidewalk? <laughs> mm. I, I'm not sure what your style is. I, I, I've been – to me, it's a case-by-case basis. Yeah, but when I feel When I feel compelled, I, I will I will say, like, hello. Or, like, I told you when I saw Fred Armisen at the airport. Like, I got to do this because we're walking literally shoulder to shoulder um, as compadres. Not really. But mm-hmm. – Anyway, so they did not. I don't. I don't believe exchange anything. It's like Ben Affleck is like he, he, fan or not. He's kind of in a rarefied air when it comes to being like Hollywood famous. Yeah, like when we. I mean, I'm a big sports fan from Pittsburgh. When we were flying back um, from Christmas this year, I was in the TSA pre-check line by myself because I had to wait on a bag. Uh, was trying to rush to like get back to the wife and baby. Um, I looked up and saw there's so there's a player from Pittsburgh that played for the Pirates for a while, Neil Walker. Um, saw who I thought was him going through the line as well, uh, and then you know we made eye contact a few times as I was like trying to make sure that it was Neil Walker. But yeah, he also right. had like his little daughter, I think I think daughter. He had a little child with him, uh, you know, like two or three bags. Was clearly like rushing as well, and it was like the last eye contact we made was clearly a thing of like, I recognized him and was a fan and it was kind of like, he kind of just like gave me the look of like, appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, my hands are full. yeah, don't say anything so that no one else notices me, but I got you. So That's yeah, nice. it depends on the uh, situation. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. Um, so I got the, uh, the dreaded call from the comic shop the other day. Jeez. 
Jesus. Again. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I've been waiting for this call and was wondering how long it would take to get it. So the last time I was there, um, I pulled everything off my list except for Saga. So Saga is the only thing that I officially am pulling right now. But while I was there, I picked up the second book of Scott Snyder's, what is it, Last Last Night on Earth, Batman? It's like the almost a trade little booklet. You remember that book? Uh, Three like super large issues with like a spine on it. Um, what was it called again? The Last Night on Earth or something like that? Uh, oh, okay, yes. Okay, yeah, so it. the third one came out... Um, my God, maybe like a couple months ago by now. So I know that that, like he knew that I bought the first and the second. So he was like, do you want me to pull the third for you? I'm like, well, I bought the first two. You might as well. And you know, just do that. Um, so I know that's been sitting there and I've been wondering how long it would take to get the call for what amounts to a $5 book, I guess. Yeah. So the answer is like a couple months and he wasn't pissy on the phone this time. I'm going to try to get out there maybe tomorrow. I, th- I think I have like some free time around lunch. So uh, you, you, you walk to the beach for this? Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, dude, yeah, yeah, can you yeah. just hold it until soccer comes out? Like, is that cool? But when the hell is that coming out? Yeah. But can I like give you a card over the phone and I'll pay for it, but you like still keep it in my pool? Just like leave it sit there with a note that says already paid for. So you're asking them to be almost like a like a mini storage for you. Yeah. See, this was the great thing about, you know, the previous owner and the previous shop was that the people knew me. They knew that I was good for it. They're like, you know, what? especially when they bought that place and Ashley was still working there for a little bit. And I came out oh, and, yeah. my and she was like, oh, yeah, you know, he only pulls, he only pulls a few things, but, you know, it'll sit here. But he, he will buy them. He will come in and buy every single one. I'm like, I've already read all these in digital, but I'm still going to buy the print because I know that I had you guys pull them. But, you know, so anyways, I, I missed the pull list days for me. I've only got Saga now. That's it. It's just like, it's well, like, I mean, you're self-professed new to the game, even though at this point you're been in, in 10 years, at least you've been reading books now, but like to know that, one book and I have zero books. I'm not even trying. I'm not even fronting. Cause my, my, I live in a New York city apartment. It's tiny as shit. I could never support, you know, the, how quickly stacks stack up, frankly, because that's what happens. And there's, and there's not a market. If you're not like super, like ready to go on eBay, which you, I think, I don't know if you do any longer, but like, that's a lot of work mm-hmm. to try and like unload books that aren't even like popular. Like, some random X-Men book that I read once and never again is not going to, it's better off going to like a church rummage sale. Like, <laughs> and, I, 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 and I'm just, God, cause that's just, that's such a big part of me as a kid is getting these books. And, and, and I, that's pre, you know, pull list stuff where you, cause things would sell out sometimes and it's like, shit, man, it's over. Times have changed. I've changed. Uh, but you will be visiting the shop soon, though. I certainly will. So, I mean, this is one of those deals, again, where the city has a pretty healthy, uh, you know, tour of people who are fantastic. This one is one that I think that you would be into. And if you want to send up one of your Mr. Miracles, we got Tom King and Mitch Gerard's. 
are, are going to be signing on in, in March, March 5th. Sweet. And the last time I did this, it was before my buddy's rehearsal dinner, and I was in the wedding, and I had to give a speech. But I was like, there's no way I can miss this. And uh, I, and I, I narrowly made it. You may recall that I got a book that, that just read Run. And w- when I told him, like, I, I got to go. Uh, <laughs> but, that, but that's awesome. And it, it's that's a Thursday. I think I want to say it starts at uh, 5 or 6. It's still going to be cold up here at that point. But, like, yeah, you're, you're from the Northeast. Once you get past February, it's kind of sort of like fingers crossed the worst is over. And this winter has been so mild until tomorrow when the blizzard comes through. But, mm-hmm. but, but like, still, like, that, that, that's a biggie. I mean, you know, also, I, I just had Tom, uh, uh, Tom King. So now I get to have them both. Yeah. I mean, I'd say even, like, weather-wise, too, um, from being up, you know, people who ever wants to deny that the climate has indeed changed a bit. But, you know, like, I, I know that my niece sometimes has snow days in March nowadays, and she doesn't have them in December anymore. So, like... You know, you might think you're through it in February, and then, bam, a cold front comes, which didn't used to happen. Last year, the worst snow day we had was in November, by far. We haven't had one work snow day so far, and this is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. I need a, a free day to look out the window and be like, well, I'm not doing this, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my PJs on, and I'm going to watch a little television, and I'm going to try to not start drinking until noon. That's the drill, right? Isn't that how we do it? Mm-hmm. You would think so. Jesus. <laughs> uh, also, I happened to uh, notice on Twitter, and I'm sorry if you're listening, Tai Zong. That's what, how it gets new sometimes. Is um, and it, it, if you're new to the show or a long time listener, Tai Zong, not a fan uh, on the iTunes. Mm-hmm. Check her out, uh, Tyler Boss. We are a big fan of his. He did the art for things like "We Can Never Go Home" and "Fork Is Walking to Bang." Two very, very solid reads. Did you ever, by the way, read "We Can Never Go Home"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, he has a book coming out called uh, Dead Dog's Bite. It's out April 8th, and I'm into it. Cool. Sounds like a uh, future debut review. I think so, for sure. Yeah, just I, he, didn't mention, he, he didn't mention who the publisher was. Now, he lives in Brooklyn, and I feel like we could get him on the show. Um, but nevertheless, it's not even about that. Like, I just... I. I there's something to be said for when a book comes out, as much as we do enjoy a good storyteller, like, um, shoot, the guy that does Hadrian's Wall, and he did um, Cowell. Cowell mm. Higgins, Higgins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the artist, who the hell is he? Hmm. We don't, yeah. we don't, we Put don't know. Spot here. But when he had when he had the book without the artist, it was just like, I, the storytelling is still saw as hell, but the art, man, that we we're missing. combo. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll follow an artist around. I mean, I read the Archie books that was done by Fiona Staples because they were just, <laughs> what's well, Fiona Staples? Of course, yeah, I'm going to look at the stuff. pages. Yeah. So. All right. Let's talk some books. All righty. So, the review, this number one this week was Alienated Number One. This was out of Boom Studios. This was from writer Simon Spurrier, artist Chris Wildgoose, presenting a subversive coming of age story about having all the power to change the world, but the unready hands to truly wield it. Three teenage, I won't read into it. We'll, we'll just go through. Um, the actual okay. thoughts here. So we've got three teenagers, uh, all named Sam. So we've got Samir, Samantha, and Samuel, if I remember correctly. Because we're it, this is culturally for everybody. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, all three on their way to school. Um, not really friends to begin with. Don't, one kid's new. 
Um, another likes to try to get everyone to like him. The girl clearly has had something happen to her in the past that has made her standoffish. Um, by virtue of being snubbed by their ways to school, end up walking together in the park, uh, come across some crazy thing dangling from a tree. Uh, Sam, <laughs> uh, I, th- okay. I think it's Samuel that goes up and like tries to whack at it or do something. Uh, he's the new kid. Uh, when he does, it sort of sucks them up and, uh, puts them in a state of where they are in each other's heads throughout the entire rest of the day. Sure. Um, so I, you know, I tend to lean towards these, like the, the younger characters, you know, I like good dialogue. I I enjoyed going through the, the, the school day with them in each other's heads. Uh, I felt like it kind of played out pretty fast. Uh, Like some other stuff maybe could have happened, but it seems like they wanted to get to the, it did go quite fast. Yeah, it seems like they wanted to get to the the punchline at the at the end of the book. Um, uh, so I wish that would have played out a bit more because I, I like their interactions. Um, as far as like their storyline and where this could go, I'm, I'm kind of super super interested in it. But I like the characters, you know, the weirdness of their names. Uh, the art was decent enough, um, but you know what I'm unsure of is what is probably like the the bigger aspect of the book itself is this. Uh, extraterrestrial being that is being born out of this little cocoon thing that they whacked. And the last page, you get a picture of it as it's like starting to come to be. And it looks super weird. And I'm not sure if it's going to go in a direction that I'm interested in. How many issues is this? Uh, that's a good question. So I realized as I was going through this, so Simon Spurrier wrote this and I've read a few of his things. I th- I want to say he did shoot. There's some book that we that we definitely reviewed on here, and it involved like a protagonist who hadn't who never sleeps, so his eyes were always bloodshot. And he did a version of, I think X Force. And I, I think that his style of storytelling is 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 not for everybody. How so? I just well, meaning like he's not one of the best writers that we know of. I, mean, I, 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 I just i mean like i think he's british so there's there's a, i don't know if you got this but like that's a certain kind of humor mm-hmm. and a certain kind of storytelling style um I, as soon as i feel shoot man i just feel like sometimes like what he's going for i get but i don't feel like he sticks the landing like when, when we think about like youth books and you have things like paper rolls and again that's not fair to compare but like that's a book that really got like a certain kind of voice and a very complex storytelling style mm-hmm. i don't feel like this book and it, it's book one what are the, what they have planned i don't know but it isn't as you say like you're not sure if you're gonna stick around because you're like well this was your chance this was our first date yeah why would i i don't know i just I feel know. like it just just because they rushed to sort of get to that ending i feel like it's gonna like really go off the rails and it'll be less of you know it's gonna be more about this alien thing and what it has going on uh and less about like these kids having the power to like be in their minds all day um and what that might do to them like i want to see them like i want and and listen i should read the second issue and maybe it stays like that while this thing is doing whatever on the side but i feel like there's a cool story of you know, they come across something and you know, what happens when they've got the power to be in each other's minds all day, clearly not together, but talking to each other, you know, can they expand that into other things? What can they do? Blah, 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 blah. Like 
that could be cool right there. I don't need this, like, uh, this alien being born and some other power that may come from it. Um, but, but like I said, I think it was enough for me to check out the second issue when it comes out. Um, you know, I'll give it a shot, but I'm cautious. Yeah. I mean, even things like Plutona. Mm-hmm. Forkus walk into a bank. We can never go home. I, which, which you already mentioned, dear. That I feel like, for me, when I read them, was like, I got to know where this is going. This is interesting. Yeah. So, and I, I, I'm going to lean on you to see. If book two is worth picking up, maybe it'll be one of those situations where it's, it's going to be a lean week. And you'll be like, yeah, man, it, it, it's picked up. This is worth your, you know, recommitment. Okay, fine. I'll keep you posted. But not right now. All right. So for, for next week, what came out today as we were recording, uh, we will read Deceased Unkillables number one. This is the blockbuster DC series returns to answer this question. What did the villains do when the heroes failed and the world ended? Spinning out of the dramatic events of 2019 smash hit, writer Tom Taylor returns to this dark world with a street-level tale of death, heroism, and redemption. Led by Red Hood and Deathstroke, DC's hardest villains and anti-heroes fight with no mercy to save the only commodity left on a dying planet of the undead, life. But, like, didn't we leave the planet with this one when it's over? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, what does that mean? Well, let's, we're going to find out. Well, already then. <laughs> Uh, elsewhere, uh, I got to three, three other books. Uh, one of those being Ascender number nine. Uh, and this, I assume you read this as well. Yes. Okay. In this specific issue, um, we get more, more sort of backstory of the evil mother and sort of how, I guess the, I mean, would you call them like the keepers of the magic or like the creators of it? Sure. Keepers. Uh, I would say. Yeah. The keepers of it, uh, some backstory into, you know, the shunning of one of the children, um, how those powers sort of came to be, who holds other powers, you know, what happens when you consume them. Um, you know, a little still, it, it's kind of like branched away from the characters that we sort of know very well. Yeah. yeah. Um, still went, still went pretty fast. It, the, the book is just a joy to look at. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you had no clue as to what was happening in this book, uh, Dustin Quinn is just like man, a man like spitting his a game. Mm-hmm. For like a few years now, uh, Ascender still great, still good. Uh, you know, I'm ready for issue ten already. Okay. And then beyond that, I got caught up with Hawkeye Freefall, so read issues two and three. And to uh, spoil any sort of review, I have subscribed to the series. I made the mistake of not doing that before. And uh, your this face. Is, this is Matthew Rosenberg's Hawkeye. Uh, I, I don't know how they are getting. So, so a couple of things. One, how in the hell are they able to like pull off these Hawkeye stories like one right after another? Like you think that like Fraction did his and it was, you know, groundbreaking and super awesome. And it's like it's, okay. it, it is. It was. Yeah, and you would think like you know what we can't touch this character for like any time, and then like Kelly Thompson comes through and like here's a different twist on sort of what just happened. And like that, mm-hmm. that's great. And then like Rosenberg says. You know what? I'm gonna have you know Clint with sort of the, some of the same mannerisms, somewhat the same style, but do my own thing with it. And this has been fun so far. Like he's he's going all going along as Ronan. He's mixing up with the hacker kid that he kidnapped. He's got Linda Carter running around. Um, you know, funny back and forths. So now he's getting mixed in with Daredevil. His his talks with Luke Cage and I think it was issue two were funny. Like they're all just like killing it with this one character who. 
this better be the version of the character that shows up in Disney Plus, as we've said numerous times. Yes. Um, but this book is fun. I'm really enjoying it, and I have subscribed. Well, there you go. I mean, I mean, I am enjoying it. I do wish, <clears throat> and like one of those things that it's hard to when you talked about all the amazing arcs of this, and there is like imitation, and there is building on you know, a foundation set by a different writer and a different arc and whatever it is. I don't think that you're ever going to touch really the Matt Fraction, David Aha book. That is one of the Mm-mm. most solid, amazing, clever, smart, which is different than clever um, <laughs> books. The, 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 the just the, the presentation, the panels, the the issue where he's his his, his hearing aids are, are damaged, and I feel like things like even like Kelly Thompson's book tried to kind of like build on that. Like you know, I'm not gonna I can't remember who, who who drew her book, but like they didn't depart too far from David Aha. Who is a very a very mm-hmm. noticeable look. This book I think has the tone right. The art is is further askew from that. And I, you know, I, and I, I embrace it, but like, I'm, what's my point? I'm not sure. <laughs> but, but to your point, like, the, multiple writers have taken this character who was fairly obscure and who's not been presented as a clever comedic foil in the movies, like he should be. Um, I mean, I, I'm down for the ride. I do, I do still miss the Matt Fraction book. Oh, hardcore. Yeah. That's sure. a that's a great book. Yeah, one of the best of all time. And I I'm sorry for making no point, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's how I feel. Well, that's how I got to. All right, so uh, my stuff's pretty simple. I read X X Force Ever Seven. I mean, I'm I'm on board with most of the X books. I'm starting to drop a few. I don't read Marauders any longer. Uh, the Fallen Angels book uh, ended, which you know it is what it is, and that and that's a book that was starring. Um, the woman whose body Psylocke and uh, I guess embodied for a number of years, for many years, that's over. Um, X Force is fine. You know, this this is all, we're now focusing on the character of Domino, um, who it, you're never going to read this book. But when the book started, the the series started, uh, she was captured, which is unusual for this character. She's pretty slippery that way. Um, she was kind of brutalized by her captors. Her powers are broken, which her, she has the power of passive luck, which is sort of like a – it's been explained like she has sort of telekinesis, but she doesn't control it, but it works in her favor. Almost almost like Spidey Sense, where like if someone was trying to like fire a bow and arrow at her, the string would snap. Or if somebody was trying to, I don't know, uh, shoot her in the head, the gun would jam. And I'm sorry to <laughs> – that's bait that it, it's hard to describe this power set for her is not working right now and the way that they are sort of explaining why interesting so whatever and then i read a book uh, uh called dry number one and i don't know the creative team I, I, it was one of those impulse buys on comiXology unlimited when it was like two dollars um so this is a hear me out dystopian future okay and in this scenario uh the earth is and on all of its inhabitants, us included, has fucked it over, and there's no water, and it's created this whole thing where either 
the government's trying to do its best to give water rations and of course it's not enough or you live in, in your in your property you've managed to somehow get a well going and you and you don't you don't leave the house because this is our shit it's not ideal it's not um what i wanted for my children but at least we have this water and the story kind of unfolds that way. It's a it's a it's a double sized issue by the way. I want to say it was like forty five pages. Okay, where it's a it's a father and his daughter, and you know he's been trying to shelter her from the realities of this world where they live, and she's desperate to get out. She wants to try and drive a car. She wants to just see something outside of this house where she's cooped up. And wouldn't you believe, it doesn't go well. Because we, we need a story. We, we need a story. So uh, I did read that. Would I read, read more of it? Maybe. Maybe because the price point. Just like, well, it's two bucks, Brooks. Give it a shot. Okay. But, but the, and the art was good. Um, you know, decent, de- decent book. Okay. Fair enough. Dry number one. Uh, elsewhere uh, this week uh, in the news, uh, Umbrella Academy today on on the social medias asked, "When are they with season two character posters?" Uh, clearly teasing that either either and or um, the release date of season two will be announced and potentially a trailer. So uh, I think we I think we both enjoyed uh, the show. And, yeah, uh, eagerly awaiting the the second part, and uh, you know I'm interested to know how much. The the first season tried to stick to, uh, I, I guess is what it's it was sort of the first arc storyline, but included Hazel and Chacha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's sort of mixed up. So, but there's been no real word about whether or not season two will stick to any other storyline that we know of, or kind of just do its own thing. So, uh, you know, interested to see what what they do. Yeah, me too. Uh, I I feel like it was a quality show for sure, mm-hmm. but also like I. I worry, kind of like Game of Thrones, which I know you never watched, where there's not a lot of source material available for 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 season two. I feel like, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Because because of how they've like the the back in time stuff and yeah, and they've already pulled Hazel and Cha Cha in. Yeah, so, yeah, and yeah. I mean, that's uh, clearly way up in the air as to what they want to do. But cool, and are they gonna have like, the same actors? I believe so. But I thought they were back in time. It's children. They'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, well, that's, why I don't, that's why I don't wait for TV shows, because I'm so literal. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog came out last weekend and did well at the box office, and there was uh, a story in, I believe, Comic Book Resources that just talked about Sonic is winning the box office for the same reasons Birds of Prey didn't. And we sort of talked about that last week, how they've changed the name of the Harley Quinn movie already to feature yeah. Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um, you know, it had a bad suicide squad movie ahead of it. And they didn't feature the Harley Quinn name up front at first. And, you know, whereas, you know, Sonic had the terrible trailer of like months ago, which led to them to do some, some redos of making the character look better. And then just the fact that it's Sonic the Hedgehog, a, a name that people know. Uh, it's also a kid. It's also a kid's movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, touch on Listen, Sonic came out when, I was growing up. So a, a kid's movie, but is a character that, you know, me as a, however old I am now, 34. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a character that came out when I was like 10, maybe eight, eight or 10, something like that. Well, I mean, I can, that's the power of marketing, man. Yeah. We're, we're like a little kid now. doesn't need to know that because there's, there is no backstory. He's a, 
headshot that runs fast. Maybe there's coins in this movie. I don't remember. But, you know, Birds of, Birds of Prey is an R-rated movie, isn't it? Yeah. They also throw out the marketing, which you slammed last week, too, for Birds well, of Prey. That, that's what I do. Um, but, yeah. But I, I think because Birds of Prey apparently is a good movie, um, I think that the shelf life longer term will work in its favor. I do. I hope you're right. I, I think, well, stick with me, Hollywood. <laughs> uh, the The news came out today that the Rise of Skywalker home release doesn't list deleted scenes. So this threw nerds into a tizzy because there's people that, much like the Snyder cut, think there's an Abrams cut and that there was like close to an hour cut by Disney, yada, yada, yada. Um, are you into this? Do you care? I do. I mean... So I'm told. Did you ever see this movie, by the way? Yeah. Okay. What What did you think of it? Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, I really liked the Last Jedi, and I thought Rise of Skywalker was like very disjointed from it. Yeah. And there was, okay. you know, it seemed like very little stakes. You know, I think we talked on the show about like the Chewbacca scene, where yep. you thought he was dead for maybe like ten seconds, and it was like, yeah, oh, nope, never mind. Um, so this is like weird things like that, uh, and I realized that they 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 don't walk like a tightrope between you know doing fan service for all the people who have been here for all these years mm-hmm. with do a lot of cuts with Harrison Ford and get Princess Leia in here and Luke Skywalker and do these flashbacks and blah 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 um, I don't know thought the villain was weird uh, so uh, the point is I don't know how I feel about this because <laughs> I, I, so like I saw this opening weekend and I remember being like, mm. and then a friend of mine who saw it twice said the second time I really liked it. The second time I, I felt a certain connection okay. that I didn't the first, but I also am like, I don't got two and a half more hours to spare on this thing. So, yeah. can, and so I, I don't know, man, I, I, I do I do love like extras on a DVD, despite the fact that I have not <laughs> gone down the route of uh, DVD or Blu-ray to, to like look at deleted scenes in a super long time. Do you? Who does? Hmm. Okay, Although, so if you have, I did buy. Let's see, like the last thing I bought was Into Spider Verse on iTunes, and when, when when you buy on iTunes and stuff, it does come with the extra scenes. Okay. So there was a lot of like cool features that came with that. Like what? Um, but yeah, like an actual, like I even bought, um, Endgame. Yeah. And I haven't watched any of like the extra scene stuff in that. So yeah, never mind. I'm just talking out of my ass here. Yeah. I mean, I do enjoy a good blooper reel just to be yeah. like, look at, look at how lightweight the uh, Mjolnir is in real life. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, a, like, a, like a foam core hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Although, again, listen, dude, you know I love the whole, like, Cap's got the hammer. Oh, yeah. Sitch. Jesus, beast. That was a toughie. Uh, lastly, we got Batwoman, Catwoman, Tom King teases Selena Kyle's pregnancy. Wait, 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 wait. You said Batwoman and Catwoman. Batman and Catwoman. There you go. Uh, Tom King released new art for an upcoming story featuring Batman and Catwoman, and it features the two heroes locked in a warm embrace. However, the biggest takeaway from the art is a pregnant Selena Kyle. That's something. Yeah. So this is, um, 
while the, it is possible the art is for the upcoming Batman Catwoman, it could be a story for the Catwoman 8th anniversary special, which King is confirmed to be working on. DC will celebrate Catwoman's 80th anniversary in April with a 100-page comic bringing together a whole host of superstar comic book creators, including the ones that have worked with the character in the past. Blah, blah, blah. It includes like Ed Brubaker, Baker, Cameron Stewart, uh, Darwin, that worked with Stewart in the late Darwin Cook. Um, lots of people are going to be on it, so... Uh, but King is also partnering with Clay Mann for a Batman Catwoman 12 issue series that continues his tale from the main Batman title. So don't know where this is going to show up, but clearly he's got uh, plans for something interesting. I like that. Well, perhaps we'll read it on this very show. And, uh, and with that, listen, we've talked twice now in a row. We're doing it. Yeah. And, uh, we'll be back next week to, to uh, talk Deceased, The Unkillables number one. Until then, hit us up on uh, too many comics.com. Happy